audience, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to us, a welcome to the show. We are a humble film talk podcast where we love to talk about movies, not in a pretentious way, but as if you're enjoying some movies with your best good buddies. And of course, I am joined, as always, by my best good buddies. Uh, Let me introduce you to them. First up, you know him, you love him. He's the man, the myth, the legend. It's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hello, folks at home. And of course, you know her, you love her. She's the ever so lovely, ever so talented Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hi. Are, are you okay? Yeah. Normally, normally you're like all like light and bubbly and today it was just, just high. Okay. I was concerned. Okay. Was Probably because like, your mic was cutting out and I wanted to make sure I was actually saying hi when I was supposed to be saying hi. So hello, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Is that better there for we you, go. Are you oh, That was much now? better. That was much better. Now I don't satisfied? have to worry the entire podcast that Lindley just hates me. Um, Good. Well, uh, well <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you, should, you should definitely worry about that. No, no, no. Not, I don't worry. I, mean, I like to it's know. It's not like we're like, plotting against I like to know full, full on that she hates me. Yes, I don't want yes. there to be any doubts. Yeah, well, just yes. so we're clear, I hate you, Marcus. Uh, folks, we have a great show planned out for you tonight. Um, but before we before we start, I do want to go over just a few housekeeping things uh, with you all. Uh, if you are listening to this show and halfway through, you realize, hmm, you know what? Those popcorn prattle peeps are okay. Um I knew. I to- see. I told you on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, I was going to start using peeps more more often. Uh, oh, those popcorn prattle peeps are really something. So if you feel that way, I encourage you go on iTunes, go on Podable, go on Podbean, go on Google Play, go on Stitcher, go anywhere that you can possibly find a podcast. We are most likely there, uh, and you can uh, like us. You can subscribe to us. You can give us a review. Um, let people know, let people know to that Popcorn Prattle is the film talk podcast uh, to listen to. Uh, and we also have a, a couple of different uh, interactive things for you before we get started. I know, I know you want to get to the movie talks, but we got to get through this, guys, because we want to make sure that you guys are caught up to speed and we have more time to prattle. Uh, we are actually having a new opportunity for you all uh, to be guest bloggers on our show. So if you would like to not so much be a guest, maybe you're a little bit too busy to be a guest on the show, but you wouldn't mind writing for us. Uh, Last month, we had a great turnout as far as people being guest bloggers for us on their top five movies of 2018 as well as 2017. Uh, So now what we want to do is we want to find out what movie that features African Americans has been the most influential on society that you feel has been the most influential on society? Um, and this is, of course, in honor of Black History Month, because as we have stated so many times on the show, on Twitter, uh, we support our, our cast is very diverse and we want to encourage more diversity, especially in the entertainment industry. And any way that we can help do do that, um, we're going to take advantage of it. So be on the lookout for even more guest blogger opportunities, much like this one. Uh, and then 
And I'm so excited about this, guys, because it is already turning out so wonderfully for us. Um, We are having our first ever award show. And we are having the first annual Butter Bowl. And we sat down together as a team. Mm -hmm. And we figured out uh, different categories. We figured out the nominees. And we are leaving it up to you. And it's not just normal, like, little categories. They're fun categories. It's not just best picture, best director. It's fun categories. Exactly. Um, We're not going to tell you the categories, though. We're not going to tell you the categories because we want you, we want you to go follow the link in the description box. uh, And we want you to follow it. And we want you to go. And we want you to vote. uh, And let us know uh, what movies deserve to win our very, very exclusive Popcorn Prattle Butter Bowl categories. So, I think I'm looking at my list. I think, guys, that is everything. So, if you don't mind, I'm going to go over tonight's topics. First off, we're going to talk about our favorite segment, Go Home DC, You're Drunk. They've done it again, folks. (laughs) <laughs> They've done it. I don't know how they do that. I don't know how they keep giving us fresh uh, content every week. But they like did it that, again. It's like that Paul and Phil sketch from Saturday Night Live. Remember the part where they start digging like their grave almost? It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like that's every time DC comes up, it's just one more uh, you know, shove of the shovel into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's depressing. <laughs> In this week of Go Home DC, You're Drunk, we're going to talk about uh, Metropolis, the newest Superman prequel. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a prequel. And yes, Krypton is still on the table. And no, Metropolis and Krypton are not the same thing. We're going to talk about it. Uh, We are also going to talk about, I don't know how they keep doing this. Um, It seems like they've decided to bring back Lindley's nightmare, which is the dark universe, by what? by rebooting the dark universe with the Bride of Frankenstein. No. Some things no, just no, won't no. stay dead. No. That should be the that should be the tagline for the de- for the dark universe. Some yeah. things will not stay dead. It works on so many layers. It, <laughs> yep. So many layers. Stephen, uh, earlier this week, he he had a uh, an interesting theory uh, that was going to be the nugget, and then it it transformed into a full full blown topic. And especially with uh, with the notice from Lindley that we have yet to see a Han Solo uh, trailer for his upcoming his upcoming movie. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the potential of the DC Entertainment brand uh, possibly imploding on itself with so many uh, different platforms that it's Disney. on. Whether Disney. it is uh, its own uh, streaming service, whether it is a uh, the TV shows, whether it's the movies, the different franchises that it has. Um, we're going to talk about it because I, I, I'm starting to agree with you, Stephen. I think they're stretching themselves a little too thin. And oh. I am so... I'm so excited about this last topic. I've already warned Stephen and Lindley. I'm probably going to get on my soapbox for this. 
Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about Black Panther, and we're going to take a we're going to do a little bit of a spin on that discussion. Um, so that way, you guys can can go to the movie with open minds, open hearts, and hopefully see how it could potentially change the world. I know that's a very big statement about a superhero movie, but I'm going to tell you my my idea later on in the show. So, guys. We got a lot of topics to get through. Lindley, Stephen, are you ready? Ready. May God be with us. Guys, let's prattle. Uh, first off, guys, before we even dig into why DC is still drunk, can we talk about, once again, the slam dunk trailer from Marvel? Yeah. <laughs> that movie looks so much Fun. And and of course what? I'm talking about Ant Man and the Wasp. Um sorry, sorry guys, you don't have notes in front of you. <laughs> we do, but you guys don't. Uh we're talking about the Ant Man and the Wasp trailer. Uh this this trailer, I I was I was a little worried about it, to be honest. Um I thought that it was going to be uh, kinda hokey. I didn't think it was gonna be that interesting, much like the first Ant Man movie i i didn't think it was i didn't think i was gonna like it so much and um guys i think this might be another slam dunk for them which is which is cool because i love that their their slam dunks are from their smaller properties not their iron man or not their you know now the x-men or anything like that or or even spider-man like like their biggest successes are things like ant-man things like dr strange things like uh gardens of the galaxy of course um what did you guys think of the trailer when you first saw it? All I know is that I don't even like the candy, but now I want a giant Pez dispenser. That's all I want. You didn't realize right you needed now. it in your life, and now you exactly. do. Exactly. Yes. I didn't know I needed it until I saw it right in front of me. Um. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, Marcus. I, you know... We've been so focused on Infinity War coming up that I totally forgot that Ant-Man and Wasp was happening so soon. Mm-hmm, then this trailer mm-hmm. comes out, and I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, this looks fantastic. And again, it's dealing with the repercussions of Civil War, still <laughs> canonically in the MCU, but it's its own thing. Yeah, yeah. It has, it has its own humor, um, like with the guy shrinking the... The entire building and then just pulling up the handle to roll it away. Yes. I loved that so much. So, yeah, I I think it looks terrific. Long story short, looks terrific. I'm excited. Stephen, what about you? Um, Well, I thought it looked like a very fun trailer. Um, As someone who, you know, doesn't, you know, get too excited when Marvel movies come out. I thought as far as movie trailers go, um, it actually seemed kind of fun. Um, and I think this is kind of a weird thing uh, to kind of point out that I really liked. I really liked the title, like the animation of the title when it shows up at the end of the trailer. It just I, I felt like a too. very, almost like a vintage comic book movie logo. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like that looks like it belongs on the cover of a comic book. So mm-hmm. it felt very appropriate, I guess, is is what I'm trying to say. And yeah, just it, you know, it looked like a fun movie. Not fun like hokey in the sense of like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Just 
you know, seems innocent and harmless fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think the one thing that I I think I'm really excited about this movie because I mean I've been doing research trying to figure out the plot and whatnot. Um but like Lindley said, it it does take place shortly after Civil War. Um but did you know that they're going to address Shield in it as well? Hmm. Um which is huh. which for those for those of you who have been following the MCU, uh Shield gets destroyed in Winter Soldier. Um, and it's technically been destroyed. Agents of Shield does kind of retcon it to say Shield comes back for a little bit, and now Aren't it's they in space. They are, but it, I don't want to give anything away in the this, <laughs> I in, this, in the season. Um, like what, like what the deal is. Uh, okay. but essentially, Shield at the end of last season, Shield gets disbanded again. Like the world doesn't trust Shield. Because they were like, you lied to us about the Inhumans and blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. You said uh, it was going to be a good TV show. It is a good TV show. Inhumans? Oh, Inhumans? Yeah, that's what they lied about. Inhumans being a good TV show. <laughs> that's what it was. That, yeah, that's why, that's why they did that's why they that's why they get Shield. To the space. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, I, I just, I just feel like with, uh, Avengers Infinity War coming back. I'm sorry, coming up. I feel like you need to I feel like you need to have some sort of police force within the MCU that deals with these supernatural threats. I feel like you need to bring Shield back at some point. And I thought that Agents of Shield would be able to do that. Um but Obviously, the TV shows have a much smaller ripple effect than the than the movies. So this could be their first chance as far as connecting Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. back to the larger MCU. Um, which would be great. It would be great to it would be great to see that again because they haven't necessarily been connected um, entirely since the big reveal that S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, that Hydra was had infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so I'll, so again, I, 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 I really want to see like what, like how they connect them. I know that, um, Randall Park from, uh, Fresh Off the Boat, the dad from Fresh Off the Boat, uh, he's, yeah, he is, he is the shield agent. Ooh. Yeah. That'll be super good. Yes. I like, have a question though. Hmm. Do we know who the villain is? Cause the villain kind of looks awesome um it is the oh god what hold on one second i can pull it up um i want to say it is his name is the ghost i've never Ooh. i've never actually heard of him to it be quite honest cool um i'm looking up right yeah ghost do we know who's playing said ghost uh ghost is being played by Hannah John Kamen. Oh, it's a lady? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. Why am I having Mask of the Phantasm flashback? Wait, she was uh she was in playtest in the episode of Black Mirror. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was about to say that name sounds familiar. I literally just watched that episode the other day. Marcus has gotten us all into Black Mirror, by the way. <clears throat> yeah. Success. I have seduced you. 
<laughs> um, but I'm I'm really excited about this now. This is awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, Ant Man and the Wasp. We will we will keep track of it. Um, but I think as far as Popcorn Prattle is concerned, uh, DC is off to yet another flying start to their year. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, even though I love that. Also, can I say that was my favorite part of the trailer when he's asking when he's asking Hank Pym. He's like, he's like, oh, you gave her wings and and blasters. I, I'm I'm guessing you didn't have that technology when you gave me the suit. No, no, no I, I had, had it. it. No, I had I it. <laughs> like it's such like it's such a like a great. It makes sense with like how they've established their relationship from the beginning. Um, that Hank Pym is it really is just using Scott at this point. Then yep. he's like, "Look, you're the only one who can get in the suit at this point. At this point in my life, so I'm gonna need you to do this. But just know that if I had my choice, Hope would be doing everything. You would just kind of, you know, help out every now and again." Um, so again, I'm I'm all for Ant Man and the Wasp. I think it's gonna look great. Um and like I said, Marvel seems to be doing very well. Having said that, we must now look at the other side of the the camp of the the no man's land, as it were. And uh old DC has took a step into the bar once again. Audience, get ready for a little segment we like to call Go home, DC. Go home, DC. You're drunk. You're drunk. Got Patron in my car. Straight path. Straight path. I got that goose in my car. Uh, Patron rolling up. In the sea, got me drunk. Party people in the club. Hey, throw them bottles up. Hey, throw them bottles up. Hey, throw them bottles up. So, Metropolis, right? Metropolis. For those of you who don't know, Metropolis is the uh, the city that Superman lives in. It's where the Daily Planet is. Um, that is the home of Superman. Superman protects Metropolis. He protects the entire world, but he always hangs his cape up in Metropolis. Because uh, that's where Lois is. And I I read somewhere, I was sifting through the interwebs, trying to figure out what could be a new potential topic. And what do I stumble upon, gang? Another Superman prequel. <gasps> now, mind you, yes. remember, remember, we're getting one. And I think, Lindley, I think you said something about it. You, you were like, wait a minute. Don't they already Crypto. have a prequel coming? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And also, if we're doing one on Earth, isn't that called, I don't know. Smallville? Yes. That is exactly what we call it, Lindley. <laughs> that is exactly what we call a Superman prequel. Uh, but apparently that Smallville wasn't enough. Krypton's not a, not going to be enough. Because Krypton's not even out yet. Wait, it's not whoa, even out whoa, yet. hold on. How <laughs> the heck is Smallville not enough? It ran for nine seasons. It won Steven. Emmys. Steven. Somehow. Smallville was not enough. That's why they clearly had to make Metropolis. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I just can I just say, can I just start off by saying this? There's there is not enough Superman in the world. Like we don't need another Superman story. I don't care about Superman. Does or at anybody least one that hasn't been done before? I I I mean I already know everything. I get it. All right, he's invincible. I I get it. I understand like Supergirl is like people like it. I've never seen Supergirl, but I hear people like it or at least they used to. I think it's gone down in ratings. Um I'm sure Dave will correct me later. Hey Dave. Hey Dave. Um <laughs> I I, th- I think Dave. that I think that this is a a horrible horrible decision on DC's part. You're trying to tell me yeah. that out of your cast of superheroes that you could actually tell more stories about, um you're going to do another prequel on Superman when you already have a prequel on Superman like coming like do more stories about like Black Lightning like Black Lightning apparently is doing very well on CW we know that a Teen Titans uh show is like a live action one is coming and it's and it's getting positive you know positive critiques these are the superheroes that we should be promoting because guess what if you promote them on the TV shows, on smaller screens, don't you think people will be more apt to enjoy them on the big screen, much like they do with Batman? Because at the moment, they only know about Batman. That's it. That's the only DC superhero that most people know about, because that's the only one you keep making movies about. And of course, that that weird Steel movie with Shaquille O'Neal. (laughs) <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't realize that that's a that's a DC property. That's a DC movie, and that is that is sad. That's, Isn't Spawn DC too? Uh, Spawn is not. Spawn is Image, I think. Okay. Yeah. I know we're getting another Spawn remake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, let me get your thoughts on this new prequel. That DC has just regurgitated out to us. I don't know, Stephen. What do you think? Well, I think if they really want to make this work, what they need to do is, you know, focus on you know Clark Kent's early years, like when he's in high school. Like, like really go back to his hometown and show him growing up in his hometown and all the adventures he had in high school. So we really get a sense of who he is as a, you know, as a human before he becomes the big superhero. Steven. What? Smallville. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was a thing, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. this idea sucks. I don't have anything else to say. I mean, (laughs) that's that's it. Look, that's it. What? Here's an idea. It sucks. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just play music over that part. It sucks. <laughs> Somebody something. Somebody save me. <laughs> From this DC crap. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> save. What, what should they do instead then? Okay, here's here's something. I do have something to say to that. 
make a good Superman movie. Like, like, I know, okay, I know Man of Steel has got its fans, and it's, but also its detractors, but make something that, you know, in the same way that, you know, Batman Begins kind of reinvigorated interest in the character, make something like that that makes a lot of people care about who Superman is. Like, um, like, establish what sets him apart from Batman, you know, I've like, got like, it, like, I... put Batman, you know, speaking of, put Batman in a moratorium. We've had too much Batman, you know, make a good <laughs> Superman movie, but don't make him your flagship character. Um, because as of but, right but now, Steven, Steven. Wonder Woman is really the big one that uh, really should be the face. And I think with that, you can kind of build up all those other characters you were saying, too. You but know, I, I hear you. I hear you. But here's the thing. We've already we've already got Superman. We we already have him. And and I feel like if you're going to if you're going to have TV shows, your TV shows should help support your movies. And Metropolis isn't going to do that. Krypton is barely going to do that. You know what they should do? You know what would make a good TV show? I know they have a movie lined up about this, but I honestly think, as far as a TV show, Green Lantern Corps would be such a good platform for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do that instead. Oh. You're and that's a so much more interesting with... story. Right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. dear God, make Army Hammer play Hal Jordan. That's all I want, okay? And you know, something else, too, I thought of, it's really kind of hard to even, you know, focus more on maybe the early years of Metropolis, because I don't know why, but that sounds familiar, too. It's almost like it's focused, going to focus on Clark and, you know, Lois, um, and maybe they should call the show The Adventures of Lois and something i just uh oh that's right that was a tv show too back in the 80s and 90s or whatever it was oh with uh terry oh what's her name yes from desperate housewives yeah and it's like stop remaking stuff that's already been done it's like oh god it's dead yeah it's it's like it's dead it's dead it's like i hate to say superman is dead to me but superman is dead to me you know, and I don't know. Well, Steven. I mean, why? I mean, why shouldn't he though? I mean, Superman in and of himself is. I'm sorry, <laughs> Superman's not an interesting character. He could he's be. Not. He could be, but he's not. He's not an interesting character out of the entire pantheon of of superheroes that you have. Mm-hmm. He is the least interesting of everyone. He can be beaten. By a green rock that can be found everywhere. I'm serious. Give literally give me a story about anybody else but Superman. And I'm sorry to all the Superman fans out there, but your hero, your Boy Scout, is not that interesting. He's not. That's why Zack Snyder felt like he had to make him doom and gloom in his in his Zack Snyder DC universe. Because he knew, he knew that a modern audience was not going to like him. 
And yeah, we and yeah, we appreciate it when, you know, like in Justice League, when they stay true to the character and whatnot. But I mean, let's call a spade a spade. I'm much more interested about anybody else. Aquaman, Cyborg, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. Hell, give me a Zatanna uh, TV show. That'd be great. I want that yesterday. Any, literally anybody else but Superman. I don't care. He's not interesting. A a hero that can't be beaten is not interesting to me. And yeah, okay, he's, he's, he's weak against magic. Okay, whatever, I get it. But come on, man. Don't give me more Superman. Don't give me Metropolis. <laughs> give me anybody else. Especially when, again, I didn't think Black Lightning was going to get the reception it did. And yet, like, every, oh, my news feed is clogged with everyone talking about Black Lightning. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. I've never, I've never seen this. I've never seen the show, but I'm interested. That's what you need. You need to generate interest in your superheroes that not many people know about. Like you know, said, don't give me Lois and Clark and Smallville again <laughs> when I've already seen it. You know, Marcus, I mean, by this point, I have to be perfectly honest. I just feel like, you know, no matter what the fans say they really want, in the end, all we're going to get is a TV show that might as well be called Granny's Peach Tea. Oh, no. Steven, no. <laughs> No. Oh, let, just let it die. It'll never die. You know why? Because they put it out in the universe. And now it's <laughs> stuck there. It forever. will never, like the Star Wars prequels. It will never go away. It'll always exist. Well, you know what? You know what needs to go away? What? <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what needs to go away, Stephen. What? Lindley's favorite franchise. <laughs> the thing that just keeps on co- it's like a horror the the dark universe is like a horror villain that just you hope, it doesn't matter it doesn't it doesn't matter like how how many times you kill it okay no matter how many times you stab it you can burn it you can decapitate it you can send it off a cliff it still gets right back up and die. starts chasing you <laughs> About you're never gonna be we're never gonna be it's like the we need to come up with a segment for the dark universe eventually no. why won't you it's, stay it's, dead <laughs> i mean at least dc can have a win the dark universe can't take a hint it's come up with at least two suicide squads of its own and yet they're like well maybe we'll try something different no <laughs> see this is the thing this here here's the thing okay i thought that we were done with this universal was gonna cut their losses maybe in a few years try it again because the last the last news i remember we got about this was that bill condon's uh bride of frankenstein was postponed indefinitely but now you tell me that it's still going to happen and that this movie is going to be yet another start to this dark universe? First of all, why is the Bride of Frankenstein going to be the start of this 
third attempt at a dark universe and not Frankenstein. Why are you starting with the bride? Why are you starting with the sequel? You haven't even developed your monster or your creator yet, and you're already making her a girlfriend. Go! <laughs> Universal, listen, I love you. I really do. And I love these monsters. I love these characters. So stop screwing this up. I don't think they, I don't think they, I don't think they know how to not screw up, though, Lindley. I mean, they don't listen to this podcast and they don't know what to do. They're not listening to me. They did. They've done everything absolutely wrong in their dark universe. They have no one, and it doesn't seem like they have any intention of of learning from those mistakes. They just want to keep making the same ones over and over and over and over again. They, and, they think these stupid ideas are going to get them money, but The Mummy was one of the biggest box office failures of the year. Mm-hmm. They really think they want to pick this up with this? Get, we need to just take, take a minute, take a rest, go back and watch these two failures of a movie, go back and watch The Mummy, go back and watch Dracula Untold, see what is wrong, listen to your fans. Sometimes they are right. Not always, but sometimes they are. And make a project that is actually cares about the material and isn't all about trying to create a universe. These characters are so interesting. People love these characters. So no matter what, they're going to go see this movie. But if you don't care about the characters or the material whatsoever, it's going to suck. Universal doesn't care about the properties that they have. No, not at all, mm-hmm. not at all, and and the thing is, and we and we mentioned this, I believe, in the last episode uh, when we were talking about Marvel and what they've done as far as their cinematic universe. I mean, I, I cannot stress this enough, guys. Marvel did not seek this huge multi-million-dollar franchise-built like behemoth. They were just trying to tell a good story at first. They've said several times they did not think that anything was going to really go past phase one. They didn't think that they were ever going to make it to Infinity War. They wanted to. But, I mean, let's just keep it real. They were taking a huge gamble. But they took their time with the story. They sprinkled the seeds, hoped for the best, and it paid off in the end. And what they tried to do in The Mummy was they tried to cram so much of their universe building into it instead of just telling a decent story. Instead of just saying, like, let's just tell the mummy, and then at the end we can bring in Prodigium. Or you can have, like, or don't even don't even mention anything about a universe. Wait till the next movie. Do you know how cool it is when you watch a movie and then you look at it and you're like, oh my goodness, these are connected. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. 
we as we as actors, we know when you're on stage, you want the audience to feel smart. You want them to feel like, oh, I got it. I figured that out by myself. Instead, what these and maybe that's maybe that's the problem. A lot of these franchises are basically spoon feeding the universe to them because they don't want to take the same risk that Marvel did. Which is hopefully people will watch all our movies and get it. They don't trust the audience. They don't think they're smart enough. I honestly think that is the problem. They do not think we're smart enough to get it. So they want to spoon feed us. They want to get Russell Crowe to be Dr. Jekyll for some reason. I honestly think they don't really know what they want either, though. I feel like as long as they've got other franchises like, you know, Jurassic World and, you know, Fast and the Furious making billions of dollars... They'll have the extra cash to spend on this universe because they want to, you know, they're, you know, they want in on the, you know, the franchise thing, too. They want, you know, a franchise to call their own. And, you know, they don't really have that cinematic universe like, you know, Warner Brothers and Disney have. So, you know, they're clearly trying to get in on that. But, you know, they they like DC, they screwed it up. Unlike DC... They have found a new way to screw it up. Just keep rebooting it and see what works and what doesn't. And so far, mm-hmm. not much has worked. But they don't seem to be learning their lesson at all. Um, nope. I just, you know, the mummy definitely did. It. The problem with the mummy really seemed to boil down to it was more concerned with bigger picture than actually making a good movie at hand. Um, and you know, that's like death to, to a franchise right away. But I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I think, I think you said it best, Marcus, when you said it's like, it's like its own villain that just keeps coming back from the dead and won't stay dead. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I, I mean, look, I, I'll say this about DC. At least DC is like making attempts to try and correct its mistakes. Now, it might not work out in their favor all the time, but at least they're making an attempt. I mean, we I mean we we have I mean literally have a segment called Go Home DC You're Drunk, and we literally just got done talking about why Metropolis was the dumbest idea ever. But it's at least something they're not backing away from trying to to make these characters well known even if it is the same characters over and over and over again but the dark universe they can't get one character they can't get us interested in one character at all you tell a super bloated story that makes no sense and then expect to be like don't you guys want to Jump on the bandwagon with our franchise? No. I don't even understand what your franchise is. So I... I Look. The Dark Universe, let's keep an eye on it. Let's keep an eye on it. But as of right now, 
it does not look good with what they're doing with this Bride of Frankenstein. I'm I'm not gonna say reboot because it's not it's not a reboot of Bride of Frankenstein, but it's definitely a reboot of the Dark Universe. Isn't this like the second reboot of Universe? Yes, that's what made it funny was that it's the <laughs> second time they've done this. <laughs> yeah, because originally like, wasn't let's... it Dracula Untold was supposed to be the first right. one. Yeah, right. Just the, the movie fizzled out. The movie ends. Uh, if you haven't seen Dragula and Toll, it's been out for years, so I don't care about spoilers. <laughs> the movie ends with Dracula in the modern day meeting up with, again, my least favorite trope, the reincarnation of his dead wife through Mina Harker. Excuse me, Mina Murray. <laughs> And then going off on going off on a date and Charles Dance, who has been this like the the vampire who created him, following them and saying, So the games begin. And that was supposed to kick <laughs> off Monster Mash, but let the games, no one saw Dracula. And let the board. games begin. <laughs> and let the games begin. Or not. And let the games begin. And let <laughs> the game be begin. <laughs> it's like he's still waiting. He's still waiting to see if the game's ever going to begin. <laughs> wow. Oh goodness gracious! Well, guys, let's let, let let's let's get into a a little bit more of a heartfelt discussion um, because I feel like you know people are going to start thinking like we we are just we just think that nothing Disney or Marvel can do they they can do no wrong. Um, but that's not true. That's not true. Uh, Steven came up with a, a very good topic. And actually, I'm not I'm not even going to try to butcher what you said. Uh, but Steven, go go ahead. Tell us what 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 is your thought about the DC like entertainment, like their franchises, the Disney franchises. OK, oh, sorry, so, Di- Disney. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. You could say, yeah, uh, it's Disney franchises. Um, OK, so. I apologize in advance because this is a really multifaceted, complex topic um, that just when you it's really you have to look at all the tiny details and how they add up to a bigger picture that I think could potentially spell trouble uh, on the horizon for the House of Mouse, uh, as it were, Um, you know, okay, so it, it really all goes boils down to, you know, this one little problem. So there's a Star Wars movie that's supposed to be coming out in, God, four months now? Four mm-hmm. months. Yeah, four months. No, no, uh, at the time of recording this, it'll actually be um, a, a little under uh, three months, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Somewhere a little over three months. And we have not seen a trailer for it. Now, that said, I mean, you know, at the time of this recording, between the time... You know, this recording's going, and maybe when it goes up, maybe the trailer gets released. But that still has to say something. That we're so close to a Star Wars movie and haven't even seen a teaser. Now, I've been trying to be real patient because, you know, hey, I really like Ron Howard. He, he directed Apollo 13. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, I have confidence he can make a good movie. But after a while, you can't ignore a lot of the... You know, rumors that have surrounded the solo movie set, uh, all the um, decision making we've kind of talked about on the show that, you know, has kind of undermined the directoral choices, the um, 
and just the fact that it's almost like it's almost like Disney is reluctant to let us know anything about this movie. Now, it could be for a very good reason. Maybe they want it to be a smaller film, but I doubt that. Um, it's Star Wars. Maybe, you know or, it's not going to be. Or exactly. You know it's not going to be very good. And that could lead to them having their first Star Wars flop. Because um, all their Star Wars movies have been big billion dollar hits so far. Even Rogue One. Yeah, even Rogue One. Um, and, you know, that kind of goes back to that deal they made. This is where we're going to kind of start broadening out here. This goes back to the deal they made with Lucas. They bought up Star Wars. That was a huge brand. Uh, but before that, it was the Marvel brand. They're the distributor of the Marvel movies. So that's two mega brands they own. But wait, that deal with uh, Lucas wasn't just for uh, Star Wars. It was for Lucasfilm, which also includes another big franchise that's been, you know, stagnant for a few years, but is still a big franchise, Indiana Jones, um, which, oh, you know, just gosh. just got announced that they're going to do a fifth one. Um, and uh, so that and I mean, that is, a you know, a franchise, too. It has it's not as big as the others, but it is still there um, now. Keeping that in mind, let's fast forward a little bit. What big deal did they just obtain? They bought out all the Fox franchises, pretty much. Um, and uh, now they own all those. And when you really start to look at this, you start seeing that, okay, aside from the Harry Potter franchise and the DC franchise, uh, which are Warner Brothers, and I guess maybe the James Bond franchise, which, let's just be honest... It's the heyday of the James Bond franchise is long past. I mean, they still make yeah. movies that are really popular, but it's never going to achieve, I guess, that golden age of Bond films. Um, at least I think not we hit the currently. Peak with Skyfall. Yeah, and um, when you see that, you know, all these other studios, you know, have their own one or two franchises, while Disney has all these mega franchises, you start seeing a lot of um look at what their focus has been their focus has all been on blockbusters and things like this and um there's this uh youtube channel um that i've been kind of following a little bit uh that kind of you know it's kind of talked about how disney this is just another side of the problem um kind of talked about how disney channel uh, kind of started out with, you know, its programming and kind of went downhill. It's a, it's a YouTube channel called Saber Spark. He talks a lot about, um, animation. And, um, one of the points he makes is that when it comes to television, Disney is stretched so thin because they have so many different channels. Um, and, you know, occasionally you'll get a good show, but on the whole, you don't always get good content because, again, it's stretched so thin. Um, and I feel like what we're kind of seeing is Disney is starting to become a victim of its own success because at some point you have so much success that it's impossible you know, just from a numbers perspective to keep building. Um you know, I mean, there's only so many people with so much money in the whole world. You know, you can't just infinitely grow. Um, but we don't see any kind of bracing for that. Um, 
you know, the solo film, like we said, it could very well be a flop. And I feel like this hesitation to release anything about it could be a sign of that, that Disney is preparing for that flop. And it may be the first sort of trickle effect. Um, it's almost like, okay, you look at their parks. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot more of this sort of downplaying the iconic Disney characters. And now what are they doing? They're putting in Star Wars land. They're putting in Avatar land, which uh, I could be totally wrong about this, but it sounds like they now own the rights to Avatar too, because that was a Fox product. Um, they're putting in, uh, they were replacing the iconic Tower of Terror with Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's like, I personally don't really care about, you know, Tower of Terror, but I know to a lot of people that is an important uh, attraction there. And to replace this iconic thing with something that is popular at the moment, you know, it may work for a little bit, but in the long run, you know, I don't know. What do y'all think? Do you think, like, maybe this, I don't want to say monopoly on franchises, but you have to admit they've got pretty much most of the mega franchises um, do you think that it could potentially not just, you know, burst, but like burst spectacularly, like they basically oversaturate their own market, kind of like the video game market in the eighties when there was so, there was so much to choose from, uh, but a lot of it was not quality video games. So, you know, people stopped buying them. Um, and you know, if you see this kind of solo film, which I still hope will be good, but it could be bad. Um, do you think it could kind of continue in that trend? Um, and I know that's a really I, complicated uh, topic to get into, <laughs> and I'm so sorry it took me so long to explain it, but I feel like it's something that I've been really kind of just dissecting for a while, and I just had to share with you guys. So what do y'all think? I mean, I don't, I don't think that it will necessarily burst spectacularly. I think that... I think that what we're seeing rather is that some of their franchises are just not quite as strong. I mean, again, I cannot stress this enough, like just how special the MCU is. That is lightning in a freaking bottle. Oh yeah. And how they managed, how they managed to get it off the ground, make it into something strong and sustaining and, able to go on essentially for years we keep we keep saying and the people keep saying like there's no way that these combo movies can keep going i i I have to disagree i really do because let's i mean let's keep it real when you look at a marvel movie you're not necessarily looking at a comic book movie you're looking at a spy film you're looking at a heist film you're looking at the action adventure you're looking at the space opera they're making different genres that just so happen to be that just so happen to have superheroes in them. Oh yeah. Now in the case of star Wars, and I think we're starting to, I think there's, I think if anything, star Wars, that franchise mm-hmm. is starting to hit fatigue real quick. And, and just, just real quick, not to it, interrupt, but something I did also want to point out about star Wars is, you know, when George Lucas was making them, he would make them three at a time and then put them into a moratorium. Um, and I feel like, you know, say what you will about the prequels, but I feel like by putting distance and time between them made them feel a little more special. And, uh, and don't get me wrong. I love these new Star Wars movies. Um, 
but I just feel like if they don't take a break at some point in the near future, like maybe after, you know, these three anthology movies and these three um, uh, episodes um, in episode nine, I feel like it could run its course and just become, okay, we're oversaturated. I'm done with Star Wars. I'm sick and tired of it. Um, but see, I don't think that I don't think that would be a problem if they made their content different. See, I again, I I'm I'm one of those people that actually enjoyed Rogue One because it yeah. was different. It wasn't it wasn't, you know, a whole bunch of lightsabers and using the force. It was a great kind of to me it was a great war war movie set in space. Mhm. Agreed. And it served, and to me, I'm like, it served its purpose. I left that theater being like, I was hella entertained by this. I would, I would see this again. Maybe not in theaters. I'll rent it. I'll buy the DVD. But I was entertained. Now, I enjoyed, I enjoyed The Last Jedi. I really enjoyed Last Jedi. I'm one of those people who I don't understand the hate behind it. I mean, I do, but I don't. I guess I don't agree, I guess I should say. Um, but I feel like if you're just going to continue to give me this, the same kind of story of just, there's an intergalactic government and they're oppressing us and we have to take down the government and this, that, and the other, and there's going to be a, a space battle and this and that, and it's going to be this, it's essentially, it's the same story that you're telling me. I'm going to get bored. That's to me, that's when fatigue really sets in quick. I mean, imagine if the first, if the first sequels of Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, imagine if those were essentially just the same thing as, as the first movies, or if they were all the same, that -hmm. they were all like period pieces, like Captain America, or if they were all like hyper fantasy, like Thor, if they were all techno based in the modern world, like Iron Man, if they were all the same, we would not care about them. No one would want to continue to watch it because it's like you're just giving me the same thing and you're putting us like a new coat of paint on it and calling it something different. And it's not. And I feel like that is that that's really the issue with with D with not I keep saying DC um, probably because they're <laughs> I mean they're doing they're doing they're doing the exact same thing just on a smaller scale with Disney okay. Disney has multiple franchises and they're not treating them the same way they treated the Marvel franchise they're just relying on their names and then saying okay come give us money come see our movie it doesn't work like that man. It can't work like that because that's when people get bored and then that's when people stop investing in your movies. That's when people stop caring. People will still go see a Marvel movie. That's why, that's why uh, Avengers Infinity War, that got a trailer out months ago. We've been talking about that. People have been talking about that movie for years. People have been talking about Deadpool 2 since Deadpool 1 was a smash hit. And sandwiched in between that, stupidly, and we said this on the show, stupidly, is the Han Solo movie. <laughs> if anything, I think if anything, I think they're cutting their losses because they know it's a it's a lost cause. There is no way yep. Han Solo is beating Avengers Infinity War 
or Deadpool 2. Because they're different. You know what I think they ought to do if they really want to make any kind of money off of Han Solo at this point? Because I feel like, you know, even for the people who are extremely forgiving, like me, um, but but mainly, you know, mainstream fans who really like this franchise and have basically gotten the metaphorical finger on this, what they really ought to do is just announce they're not going to release it and shelve it and pretend it's locked in a vault for like 10 years and then out of the blue announce they're going to release it. Like, just treat it sort of like a time capsule film. You know, that way it it builds up some legendary status or something. uh, Because, you know, yeah. You could. You know where I thought you were going to go with that? What? Uh, Streaming. I mean. Release it on Netflix. You could do that. I just think like, you know. Look at. That that would be really cool just to kind of lock up a film and, you know, treat it as sort of like a lost secret film. Uh, and then, you know, after enough time, you know, finally give people the chance to see this legendary version or something. But yeah, I guess streaming mm. would be okay <laughs> by then. I mean, it, I mean, if it does, if the industry does implode, um, everything might be on streaming, which would make me very sad. Because uh, I don't think you can really, um, as convenient as streaming is, you can't duplicate uh, going to a movie theater and watching a movie with strangers. I think uh, the way a theater know. can. So, is it? I mean, just you... well, that's ahead, another Mary. topic. I'll save this for another time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not opposed to having something exclusively streamed. Um, I was just talking to uh I was just talking to um a podcast about uh um Snowpiercer, as a matter of fact. Oh, it's so good. And Snowpiercer was released mm-hmm. online. It was it was released on through streaming. Um I think it was only out in like limited theaters and mainly it was like overseas it was released. Um but for America it was mainly, you know, through Netflix. Um and it's a great great film yeah if you haven't seen snowpiercer yet go check it out and now we've got a tv show mm-hmm. coming for well, snowpiercer. and that and the thing is it's like snowpiercer is ne- was never gonna get like could you imagine if snowpiercer was in theaters like no one would have seen that <laughs> but you know what because it was on netflix and it was like it's already a part of you know whatever 10.99 whatever how much we pay nowadays i just i just pay it because i love netflix um Netflix give us money for that promotion, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I, Please. I enjoy, I enjoy it enough that I was like, I'll check out Snowpiercer, and I ended up loving the movie because of that. And so I feel like if you if you say like we're just going to release Han Solo on on Netflix, number one, people are going to be more apt to watch it. Mm-hmm. They'll That's be true. more forgiving too. Yeah, yeah. If Nef- yeah, if, if the Han Solo movie isn't good, then that's a really you're good fine. idea. Because yeah. guess what? You're not out twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah. Because if I go see it in theaters, I got to pay twenty bucks to go watch it. Yep. Yeah. While while that's also true. trying to figure out, am I going to go see Avengers: Infinity War for like the umpteen time, or am I going to spend my money on Deadpool? Oh, Deadpool. Now you don't have to choose. Just put it on Netflix. Agreed. But again, again. This is, you have so many movies out this year 
that are now Disney properties. They're going to make so much money. That's, 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 that's the thing that concerns me is that now you have to be really selective about where do you put your movies? How do you release them? Because otherwise, again, you're you're just you're Which, cannibalizing your own your own money. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is like you know because they own most of these franchises. It's like they. <laughs> it was like it was like what idiot came up with this decision to you know, you know, like you said, sabotage their own money. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's like you're in control of Marvel distribution. You're in control of Star Wars distribution. Why would you go up against yourself? That's like, oh my gosh, that's the dumbest. I, I don't know. You might have to say go home Disney or drunk. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't go that far just yet. No. Someone we was drinking with this de- no, decision. It's not. <laughs> It's not alcohol they're on. I think they're on some other drug they'd be like that they take and then they think every idea they have is the best idea in the world and they just go for right. it. This is mm. on crack. Yeah. I this think I think time will tell. Something is rotten in the house of mouse. Speaking of um speaking of which, guys, before we uh before we get into our last topic, I, I did mention earlier that uh I was on a podcast recently yeah, where I was talking about Snowpiercer. Um, and un- unfortunately, we don't have a promo for them like we like we've been doing for since the beginning of the year. Uh, but I wanted to give a shout out to the Pop Up Film Podcast. Um, and I want to thank them so much for for having me on the show. Uh, the newest episode just got released this past Tuesday. So if you are looking for an awesome podcast to listen to, uh, besides us, of course, please check out the uh, Pop Up Film Podcast. Um. And I haven't told Lindley or Steven what this podcast is about, but essentially what they do is they have a topic and then they create a film festival surrounding that topic. Oh, that's cool. So the, so, uh, the episode that I'm on is about planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> and not, not, the, not the John Candy movie, but like movies featuring planes, trains, and automobiles. So all, it's just a Fast and the Furious marathon. No, although one of my picks was Fast. No, I didn't. No, no one. Yeah, we actually mentioned that. No one picked Fast and Furious. We all picked like really like like all these like movies that you didn't yet that have planes, trains and automobiles in them. But you were like, oh, yeah, that that movie does have a a train in or that plane does have that train. uh, Sorry, that movie does have a a car or a a, uh, airplane in it. Um, and actually, that's why I brought up Snowpiercer, um, which oh. I, yeah, yeah, because I was like, I was like, this is, the whole movie takes place on a train. I'm like, I don't know why I was like racking my brain trying to figure out a uh, uh, a good um, train movie, but I was like, Snowpiercer, duh. And you didn't say um, Wild Wild West? I, uh, Wild Wild West was on my list, but it's it's like, uh, it's like draft style. So we oh, all okay. went around and we nominated five films each. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Wild 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 West was on my list, but I did not have to pick it because none of my picks got uh got chosen. Aww. Um. But again, I encourage you guys and and Stephen Lindley, I encourage you to 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 check out Pop Up Film Podcast. They are awesome. 
Um, great guys. I want to get them at some point on the show because I would love to put together like a popcorn prattle film pop-up festival of some sort uh because i i i I can just i can only imagine i can only imagine what uh what you guys would would also say in in like some of the topics they come up with uh so yeah go check them out we're all fine podcasts are uh are downloaded from yeah tell them popcorn prattle sent you guys to quote national treasure Jeff Goldblum, once again. It's main event time. <laughs> Every time you say that, I think you're actually going to do a Nick Cage quote. <laughs> One day I will. I'm just, just waiting to keep you on your toes, Lindley. You to say, I'm going to sell the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> just for you, Lindley. One day up. I will. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> guys, so by the time this episode comes out, uh, we will be. Yes, we will be two weeks away from Black Panther. And uh, I know that we're going to talk about Black Panther, I'm sure, uh, when it comes out, because it is getting great reviews from uh, many critics. Many people are saying it is one of uh, Marvel's best. It's saying that Michael B. Jordan does a great job as the villain, um, which we all know is a big problem with Marvel. But I want to talk about something in particular, and and I and I mentioned earlier on the show we are um, huge supporters of diversity within cinema uh, slash the entertainment industry, and I'm not talking about just um, just by race, um, even though that's that's obviously where people go to, but I'm also talking about gender, talking about sexuality. Um, everybody deserves. To have their story heard. And Hollywood, much like the Teatra, <laughs> is the best place to have your stories heard. To make sure that your voice is being represented. Because sometimes, not getting political, sometimes, that's not always the case. And I want to I want to tell you guys a, 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 the, probably the shortest story ever. Um, I was actually, I got a, I got kind of like a side hustle job, um, writing an article for a new magazine that is still working to get off the ground. And I was tasked with the entertainment column and figuring out how did Obama affect the film industry? What I found was astounding. And that was from the when Obama first got into office, when it became, when it was about blacks in films, blacks were represented as thugs from the ghetto. They were criminals. They were, if they were a cop, they were corrupt, i.e. training day. Um, it was a bad representation of who blacks are as a people. When Obama left office, you started to see more characters that were black, that were being portrayed as businessmen, business women, 
lawyers, doctors, people that have everyday jobs and that were not falling under a stereotype. This year, in 2018, coming up in February, we have Black Panther coming out. It has a black, is an, a predominantly black cast. There are two white people in it. Bilbo and Smeagol. As I like to as I like to refer to them. Martin Freeman. They get their combination. Nope, nope. Bilbo and Smeagol. They get an honorary black card to Wakanda. That is a very okay? good they are honorary black. They are honorary black folk. Okay. Um and it is I can't even describe what how that makes me feel. Because I, for years as an actor, I remember being told that I couldn't play parts because of the color of my skin. Because it wouldn't make sense. I was told that I couldn't be, portray Stephen's dad, not because I'm not talented, but because we are a different color from each other. And it hurts because when I look out, when they, when you tell, when you tell somebody that, but you don't give them an alternative outside of a slave, outside of a pimp, a drug dealer, it hurts. And you fight hard just to get a, a modicum of, of respect from those people who te- who told you that. And so to see Black Panther, to see a cast full of black actors not playing into a stereotype, playing playing superheroes, strong superheroes. I truly believe, and I will say it on the air, and if people, if if you hear anybody else say this, I'm telling you right now, they got it from me. (laughs) That is going to change the way the cinema works for everybody. And I'm not just talking about for blacks. I'm talking about for everybody. Because they're going to show Hollywood that they're, that Hollywood can be successful with people who they don't give a chance to tell their story. Whether they be black, whether they be women, whether they be gay, whether they be Asian, Hispanic, whatever. They deserve their voice to be heard and Black Panther is going to pave the way. So when you ask me, why I am so excited about Black Panther, that is why. Because I truly believe that it can change the world in more ways than people think. Because let me tell you something, it's not just going to be black people that go see Black Panther. It's not. Everybody's watching it. And they know that. And a man like Ryan Coogler, who's a director, 
wonderful, absolutely wonderful director. He's had he's had two hits in broad uh, non broad in Hollywood. Fruitvale Station, Creed. They brought him in for Black Panther because of Creed. He is a wonderful director who gives a voice to the voiceless. And I'm trying, I'm guys, I'm trying real hard not to get all get weepy on the air. I really am. But it's a beautiful thing to think that this is gonna this 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 is gonna change so much. This this has the potential to change so much in our society, and people don't even know it's coming. And maybe and and maybe it's not, and maybe it's not the same. Same to you too. I mean, we talked. Stephen, you weren't on the air that night, but Lindley, we talked about it. We talked about Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. kind of the same way. And I said I was never really going to understand, truly, what that means to a woman to see on on screen a strong woman who's not in it for a man who's who she says throughout the movie, "I'm here to protect the world." I'm here to fight for you, to change the world for you, for everybody, not not for just for women, not just for men, for everybody. These are movies that we need to be promoting. These are movies that, again, they, they, they change the world. And I think Black Panther is just that movie, just that movie to knock to knock Hollywood on its ass and really say, wake up. There's a voice that's not being heard. And if you only, and if you can only see dollar signs, then guess what? We're going to make sure you hear us and we're going to make sure you get rich. And then you're going to, and then, then you're going to give us more platforms. You're going to give other people more platforms to speak. Because those are the stories we need to be listening to. <sighs> I think I'm gonna cry now. <laughs> that was tears, beautiful. tears of joy though. That tears, was... tears of joy though. I hope, like not tears of sad. Yeah, tears no, of joy. no. It was like that was that was really beautiful. Yeah, and I, I feel now. I feel like I really, really need to see this movie. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like everyone does. I feel like I feel like it needs to be supported because to me I just I just can't understand why you would not see this movie and not realize the impact it could make if successful. I, I could I could feel that just seeing the pictures from the premiere and just the pride that was in everything. Mhm. The the thing that I love, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, and I know it was strategic because it's Disney and that's that's what they do. Well, it's Marvel and that's what they do. Maybe not Disney so much after our last comment. Um But there's a part in the Black Panther trailer where Chadwick Boseman, who plays T'Challa, Black Panther, says, Now it's time to show them who we are. Mm-hmm. And I was taking a shower this morning and I and I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that exact line. And I said, damn. That's 
that right there, I said, I would not be surprised if that was the most powerful line in that whole movie. Not the fighting. Not the Easter egg to the Infinity Stone that I'm sure is in it. Not the end credit scene that I'm sure has, that I'm sure sets up for Avengers Infinity War. But that one line that says, now is the time to show them who we are. And now recently in the, in the latest like small clips, watch them again. Then they, they pair it up with, do we have your, do we have your attention now? These are lines that I'm sure are strategically placed in these trailers to say to people, wake up. This is the world that we live in. We live in a beautiful, beautiful country full of so many different voices. And these voices need to be heard. I told you guys, we we talk, because again, audience, for those of you who don't know, we talk a lot during the week, you know, finding out how, how each other's day is. And we also throw topics around. And I mentioned on there, Wonder Woman 2 is an important movie. If Black Panther is successful, guess what? Wonder Woman 2 has to be just as successful. Mm-hmm. It's how you keep that momentum going. Hell, when when are we going to get that movie with a gay superhero? Th- these two movies can pave the way. This could be the one-two punch to say, "Oh, I I I think the world I think the world is ready." Do we have your attention now? Well, folks, we've reached the end of our time. I've gotten off my soapbox. <laughs> um, but hopefully, hopefully you guys have have realized uh, just where where popcorn prattle stands. And just to let you know, if you if you have any projects that are diverse, or if, or if you yourself um, are supportive of those films, let us know because we would love to help promote them. Especially if I mean if they're indie or whatever, let's promote them. Um, we want to talk to you and let you know that there's a place for you on Popcorn Prattle to have your voice be heard. You have our attention now. <laughs> I, look, I'm, I'm, I need to make that. That should be a shirt. That shirt. <laughs> when we get when we get shirts, we'll put yes. that one on there. <laughs> yes. But before we can get shirts, though, before we can get shirts, though, we do have to uh, we do have to earn a little money. So if you all have listened to our podcast, if you liked us, you've already gone on iTunes, you went on there, you've given us that five-star rating, you've given us a good, sweet review, and you're like, you know what, dang, I feel like I was in church, I feel like I need to give like a donation <laughs> to these guys. Uh, <laughs> our golden plate for donations um, for all my Baptist church folk out there, uh, <laughs> you can find it on our Patreon account. Um, where if you donate even just $1, just $1, uh, you can help us out and make our show even better, even stronger than what it already is. Cause I already feel, you know, with my brother over here and my sister over here, we have a great show. Um, and I hope you guys feel the same way. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, we do. Um, but I know, I know that sometimes you might want to keep the conversation going. So let's figure out how to do that. Uh, Lindley, where can the folks at home reach you? 
Folks at home, you can reach me mostly on Instagram at Little Lottie, that's L-O-T-T-I-E. Um, I'm also on Facebook at Little Lottie Cosplay, and you see a lot of my cosplay photos there. And I am also on the Stardust app if you want to see more of my thoughts on some of the films and the TV shows that we talk about here on Popcorn Prattle. And Stephen, where can the folks at home reach you? Well, folks at home, you can follow me on Twitter at Bailey's Workshop. Uh, I'm the blonde guy behind the camera. Pay no attention to me. Um, you can also check out my YouTube channel, which is Bailey's Film Workshop. Should be the first thing that pops up when you type it in. Uh, check out some uh, upcoming content later this week. Uh, I plan on doing um, sort of a monthly, uh, I guess, sort of snapshot video diary kind of documenting sort of the uh, creation process of the animated film that I'm working on that involves these fine two actors uh, entitled Mountain of the Gods. So there should be some updated videos coming out in the upcoming months starting this week. And of course, folks at home, you can always reach me uh, on Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Leroy. L-A-R-O-Y. You can also hit up Popcorn Prattle at P-O-P-C-R-O-N underscore Prattle, P-R-A-T-T-L-E. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube uh, for crying out loud. We are everywhere right now, guys. We are saturating the market. Um, Don't forget about our first annual Butter Bowl. Uh, Please uh, please consider going out to vote. Remember, just look in the description box below um, or on any of our platforms like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Uh, you'll be able to find the link and you'll be able to cast your vote to find out who is going to win our first ever Butter Bowl. And if if my speech inspired you to also talk about some of the uh, influential uh, African-American black cinema um, that has come out in the past couple of years or even or even before then. Uh, we want to hear from you. So come be a guest blogger for us um, during this uh, Black History Month, um, which by the time this is posted, we'll officially be in. Um, so, yeah, wonderful. Folks at home, Stephen, Lindley, I think we are good. Do we have anything else? I think that's it. That's it. Folks at home. We leave you with this. From all of us to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now. Make good choices. <laughs>